Hey, hey, this is TJ Murphy, and welcome to another episode of Adventurous Entrepreneurs. My guest today is Khalil Dumas. From Nike to the startup realm, Khalil has carved a niche as a transformative entrepreneur and podcaster. Behind the success of Unstucked and the resonating voice of the Unstucked podcast, a recognized expert in the product management, digital marketing, and customer experience field with accolades from Business Insider to Yahoo Finance, KD's true mission shines through healing financial traumas and redefining generational prosperity. In a world where debt is the norm, he offers a fresh, empowering perspective, emphasizing the simple power of starting with just two minutes and a proven process to get on the path to financial freedom. For those ready to break free, align with purpose, and amplify impact, Khalil stands as a beacon, guiding businesses and individuals toward their loftiest goals. Just a few of the golden takeaways Khalil shares in this episode are breaking entrepreneurship myths, feeling stuck and how to overcome challenges, money trauma, and how to achieve your rich life. So without further ado, this is me and Khalil Dumas. Welcome to the Adventurous Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Murphy. Since quitting my corporate nine to five and starting a business while backpacking through Asia back in early 2017, I've had the privilege of learning from some incredibly adventurous entrepreneurs. Through these conversations and my own journey, I've learned that much like in life, entrepreneurship is an adventure. On this podcast, I explore the journeys of top performing leaders in their fields. These wide ranging conversations include tactical business advice, how I built this insights, lessons in leadership, life hacks, travel stories, favorite hobbies, and insights into living a purposeful and joy-filled life. Adventures await us, so let's dive in. Hey, hey, Khalil, welcome to Adventurous Entrepreneurs. Hey, thanks for having me, TJ. Hey, man, it's a pleasure. Been looking forward to this conversation. So I'd love to just jump right in if that's cool with you. Let's do it. I love that. Awesome, man. So let's start with a bit of background on the journey because you have an impressive track record with big names like Nike and scaling startups for millions. So I'm curious, what was the the pivotal moment that made you decide to leave the corporate world behind and dive deep into entrepreneurship? You know, I appreciate that question. And I always get triggered by this question because there's so many factors that came into play. And so just want to just start off with a bang. I think we always look for these like singular moments of pivot. And I think, you know, we can definitely identify that, but I think it's an aggregation of a lot of experiences that keep leading you to the same either burning question or direction. And that's kind of what happened to me. I had a very checkered career. Um, I was a job hopper, you know, right out of college, I joined a uh, startup called ASRV. They're now one of the main competitors for Gymshark. Um, and I was their first hire. So I was made, I signed wow. on to make 40,000 a year coming out of college. I thought I was on, I thought, you know, all my problems are solved. I got a job here <laughs> yes, we go. Sir. And it quickly turned into an 80 to 90 hour work week, um, unlevel expectation. And so what it really became was when I woke up in the morning, I didn't, wasn't excited to go to work. I was constantly worried, nervous that I would miss something. And that's pretty normal, right? Like I'm brand new to the workforce and being thrown in. Just taking several steps back, the reason why I jumped in so hard is I've always kind of known I wanted to be an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. but I really didn't know what that meant. It was always this kind of thing that people talked about as like this end destination that's just glorious and wonderful. And there are wonderful parts of it, but like anything, it'll humble you and there's balance and there's ebbs and flows. So 
right in college, actually, I that's kind of where I started my entrepreneurial journey. I was selling, you know, screen printed t-shirts out of dorm rooms. I was, you know, just trying to sell things and, and get to know other entrepreneurs and just trying to figure out like, what would this look like for me? So that's why I ended up joining ASRV Young because I wanted to jump in on the ground floor so I could learn. But quickly, I learned that, you know, I, I wasn't happy there and I wasn't honestly making enough uh, to really save and build the life that I wanted. So I had to take several steps back. I actually ended up going a little bit further before I ended up regressing. And I actually ended up going as far as opening a retail store in downtown oh, wow. Portland with four friends. It's pretty cheap in Portland. It was like $2,200 a month split between four people. Um, it was a modern day haberdashery. But I had this kind of come to Jesus moment. I was making like $800 a month and yeah. I was just really stressed out. And I really wanted this to work, but I just wasn't ready. And that was, honestly, I always talk about this moment because I got this kind of zing of wisdom before I even had the experience. I had this wisdom where I was like, I'm not ready for this. And I need to take a step back and actually go learn some more skills before I jump back into this. Yeah. So lo and behold, I'm looking around and I am in Beaverton, Oregon and Nike World Headquarters. Right. Home, happens home to of, here. of Nike HQ, baby. <laughs> home of Nike HQ. And everyone thinks about Nike, right? They're like, this yeah. is a super sexy job. Like that's the pinnacle, biggest brand in the world. Well, there's some caveats to that. Biggest mm -hmm. brand in the world doesn't have to pay you a lot. Biggest brand in the world doesn't need to move you up the, the corporate ladder. Biggest brand in the world wants you to do your one job and do it well. And that's it. Don't ask for more. So it was a really interesting pivot because now I had some stability. I was making like, you know, anywhere from two to $3,000 every you know month, which again, not a lot of money, but at the time was way more than 800 I had. So yeah. you'll, you'll start to see this trend of like, you take a couple steps forward and then you take a couple steps back, you take a couple steps forward and take a couple steps back. And that's really the epitome of my career is taking the challenge, doing things before I'm ready. Um, a little bit of anxiety mixed with a little bit of excitement mixed with, you know, some optimism and really just believing at the end of the day, what I'm working toward is stability, financial freedom, and the ability to wake up in the morning and be happy with what I'm doing. And fast forward to today, I really feel that way. Mm. You know, I've always been told this like old adage, like if you chase, you know, three rabbits at once, you'll lose them all. Yeah. Um, and there is some truth to that and I have felt it, but I've also recognized that I really thrive um, in a multitude of different environments at one time. I really like looking at different situations within entrepreneurships, different businesses, and really comparing and contrasting what they're doing well versus what they could do differently and bringing systems into those startups. So that's really at the end of the day, I am a serial entrepreneur, I'm a podcaster, so I really help people really break down what success means, what it means to feel stuck, how to be financially free. Um, and so it's been a windy road. Today, I'm the CPO of At Her First 100K. I'm sure some of you have heard of Tori Dunlap. Um, I am also a senior product advisor for One in One, which is a habit-forming app. And I'm CEO of Unstuck, which is a media company where we help people get unstuck in their life, finances, career, and business. So from the stressed out kid making 800 a month to now feeling like I have a footing and really my end goal now is to provide impact. And at the end of the day, TJ, it's like to provide a realistic look into what entrepreneurship really means. Mm -hmm. um, everyone sees it as this solution to corporate America, but really at the end of the day, you can quickly recreate corporate America for yourself. And so it really begs the question of why and what your impact is. And those are the two questions you should be solving for really in and outside of business. Man, I love it. And clearly the tenacity was there, like just hungry to learn, jumping in. Yeah. 
but getting stuck along the way, as you described, you know, having those moments where yeah. you're working 80, 90 hour weeks, you take a step yeah. forward, you take a step back. And ultimately that drive to, to earn more and create more freedom in your life kept pushing you forward. So I'm yeah. curious with, with your brand unstuck, I'm, yeah. is there a story behind how you got the inspiration for the name? Was it just based yeah. on that, that path you were on and getting stuck along the way? Tell us a little bit about that. You know, I'm sitting on my couch in the middle of a pandemic with an Afro because my barber <laughs> shop is closed oh, and I'm scrolling TikTok for the first time. And this is in the middle of kind of, I had gone from Nike I take another step back and work for a bank, but I ultimately got into a startup that I ended up being introduced to through Nike. And so I'm working remotely at the time. We're watching the world just honestly, like it felt like a burning moment where you're like, what is happening? Like everything is paused. We're indoors. I'm scrolling this new app that's really addictive and I'm watching yep. everyone kind of do the best they can with what they have in the moment. And what I saw overwhelmingly were videos being created and going viral, not only just the dances and the fun entertainment side, but there's this other side of TikTok where they're entrepreneurs, they're people who are getting and seeking advice. And something that just bothered me every time I scroll social media, just in general, is you always see everyone's end result. You see yeah. everyone's right best situ best best case scenario playing out, right? And yeah. it kind of forces you to go like, well, what am I doing wrong? And I felt that really, really hard as I was scrolling. And I thought, what about a platform that focuses on the areas where we feel stuck in our life? What about a platform that actually calls bullshit on some of these things that, you know, whether it's entrepreneurship or whether it's finances, um, right? Someone to really give a voice to normal people, but also people who've excelled, but not just asking them about the positives or the things that's gone well or how much money they make, et cetera. But talking about the struggle, talking about the ebbs and flows, talking about the actual path they had to take to get there. And so I was mulling around. I was like, man, like I have ADHD. So I've had a lot of times in my life where I just have that stuck feeling, like whether it's overwhelmed, whatever it is. Yeah. And that word stuck was just there all the time. Like it was just my arch nemesis. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make this one of my life's work is helping people get unstuck in whatever area it is. Because there's a lot of sim similarities and we'll get into that. So unstuck and then my, my initials KD, it just kind of came together one day. And I so really at the end of the day, what we're committed to doing is healing your money trauma, redefining what generational wealth means and prosperity. Um, when we talk about generational wealth, especially in the black community, we're talking about money only. And I wanted to open up the conversation to generational trauma as well. And the things that we pass on to our kids. Hence, one of the big reasons why I feel stuck is trying to unlearn maybe some of the things that happened to me in my childhood, whether it's business, whether it's your habits, whether it's your money, your habits are formed by the age of seven. And so there's a lot of unpacking to do. So at Unstuck, we're committed to, again, helping you heal your money trauma, uh, really redefine what generational wealth means and what prosperity means to you and help you build a foundation to get rich, but really to live the life that you want to live and rich, not again, meeting just money. And I think mm -hmm. that is the key here is when we think about entrepreneurship and we think about success, it all is about the Benjamins. And I get that. But at the end of the day, when it's just you at 8.30 PM or 9.30 PM, and you're just sitting there with your thoughts, money might be a reason you're stressing out, but a lot of it is actually the trauma we're trying to unpack, the things and the ambitions we're trying to hold at bay or maybe not hold at bay. And so that's really why it was called to start Unstucked. I love it. And it's something that's been topical for me lately. I don't know if you follow uh, Ramit Sethi at all with the rich life. Yeah, love movement, Ramit. But 
Dude, it, yeah, he is such a legend. And I feel like this ties very well into that because as you're describing, like it's more than just money. Everybody's mm-hmm. rich life is based on, like you said, yeah. their experiences, the trauma and the future of what that rich life can look like is going to be different for everybody. And it's not all about money. Even yeah. <laughs> the richest people in the world aren't living their rich life. So I'd love to dig into this a yeah. little bit. And Absolutely. specifically, can you delve deeper into what you mean by trauma with money. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was in debt for a pretty big, I mean, I'm turning 30 this year. So for about a decade, a little under a decade, I was in debt. And um, I would say that the start of the decade, a lot more than the end of the decade. Mm-hmm. And debt is just something that most Americans live with. I think now the figure has gone from 77% of Americans are in debt to about 87. So you've added 10% after the pandemic. And now and so, the student loans are coming back. So everybody's freaking out there. No, 100%. So you have student loans getting turned back on, which is triggering triggering everyone. So yeah. really, when you start to think about your financial foundation, and when you really start to think about just money in general, there's a lot of trauma just around what we learned. And I'll just give you a personal example. I'll share an experience of mine. Like, Growing up, my dad, he always used to make me count out things like he would always like if this cost this much, like you count it out. And it's a good it's a good lesson in theory. But doing that to 11 or, to, or you know, a 10, 11 year old or even younger. Yeah, you start to develop this like scarcity mindset of like, OK, like, why are my parents so concerned about this thing? Why is this such a focal point of their day? And you start to really and as I got older, I started to really understand how much money really impacts people's day-to-day lives, whether they recognize it or not, their stress levels, their ability to get help, their ability to ask for help even. So for example, like when I paid off my debt, consumer debt, I remember this feeling of like, it was honestly like a euphoric feeling. It's like, I didn't realize a weight lifted exactly. Like I didn't realize how much stress I was carrying around because of that. I didn't realize how much I passively worried about money, how much I passively worried about the next thing coming through and taking me out. So this is what's really, really important about really understanding what trauma means. And for a lot of people, trauma is I have a lot of debt. For a lot of people, trauma is money just makes me uncomfortable and I don't like talking about it. Again, patriarchy is at work, hard at work here, making sure that we feel that way. Um, and so really when I had that feeling, I was like, I want everyone to have this experience because all of a sudden I got to unlock and create this life that I have because Mm -hmm. money wasn't this huge stressor as it had been. And more so I think healing our money trauma, people really overcomplicate it and make it seem bigger than it is. It's not this thing where I'm going to sit down and I'm going to solve this thing and I'm done and I'm moving on forever. It's the same as any trauma. You really learn your triggers and you learn how to address them and you learn balance. When we're in a trauma response, we're way out of balance. I mean, this there's there's so many studies that have been done, even with just people who are in debt in terms of like their trauma responses and how that also equates to weight gain, how it equates mm-hmm. to other things as well. Yeah, and so it rolls into all areas. It rolls into everything, right? Yeah. Like, I always joke, it costs $200 to step outside. Like, so it it either, that'll either trigger you or it will be like, oh, I got that because I have an accounting and an understanding of my flow of money. And I also understand that money isn't everything. So where I always start with people is debt and emergency funds, Mm -hmm. getting an understanding with a budget of like, what, what are your costs per month? 
what does your debt, what does your debt look like? And how can you pay this off? I actually have a free webinar I'm offering here in a month to just walk you through that process alone. Cause that's scary. Like yeah. it's almost like better if you don't know about it. Right. It's like, I just well, don't and, even. And so many do they've got the head in yeah. the sand and I mean, you can automate it and, and ignore it to some degree, but that weight is there. The it's ostrich lingered. effect is real. Yeah, the ostrich and effect. that is something that I have to, I, when I coach, when I give talks, every time I approach an audience, I realize that that's the first thing that's going to happen is I'm going to have to dig someone out of the sand first. Mm-hmm. And the way I do it is it's like, one, give yourself a lot of grace. This isn't your fault. There's a lot of factors at work that are beyond your control to lead you into the situation you may be in. So starting off first is understanding your flow of money, bringing awareness to it. And if we take several steps back, that's applicable to everything, right? Whether we're in therapy for a traumatic event or if we're trying to create a business or if we're trying to up-level our career, we need to have an awareness of who we are, where we stand and what our skills are. Same thing with your money. Got to have an understanding of where your money's coming in, where it's going out. First step. Second step are emergency funds. And I think that's probably the most important thing. One of my main stressors was because every paycheck of mine was going toward my debt. I never paid myself. I would get my paycheck. I would pay my debt off, get my paycheck, pay my debt off, get my pay. So it's just this cyclical um, trauma that would occur, right? Because then I'm like, well, if a big expense happens, I'm screwed. And so it's really recalibrating your belief in that one debt. You can sustain your debt. That's the reason why they have minimum payments. There's a reason why your full balance isn't due right away. And it's systematic. We can get into that later. But there's a way where you can pay yourself, even if it's $50 a paycheck, learn to start paying yourself first, because it's super important to have that backup money. And I always say you try to aim for one to three months of your total expenses once you calculate that in your budget. If you do those two things alone and you haven't done those two things and you're afraid of money coming into this conversation, I promise you, you're going to walk away feeling better. Yes, you're going to have an awareness of maybe there's money owed, maybe you got to make more. But that's better than having this unfounded fear living in your subconscious that's going to metastasize and continue to get worse. This is why the work I do, I feel, is so important. Mm. Um, And it's something that you don't really hear about in mainstream. I mean, we'll just take an example. I think Remit is and Tori are kind of the two of the new age kind of money experts. But historically, the Dave Ramseys of the world, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, have really shamed you for being in debt or shamed you for not having all your money figured out. Totally. And, and, and why would you? I always give this example. Think about schooling, right? How often did our school actually sit down and teach you about finances? Not just how to Zero. balance a spreadsheet for a company, but like your own balance sheet. Zero. Zero in my case. No one ever really asked until recently, why is that? Well, let's just take this back. Let's do a little history lesson here, right? That's your revolution. How do we get this economy going? We need workers and we need workers to work a lot. Yeah. How do we get them to work a lot? Well, we need them to be in debt. We need them to have some reason to be working. So our whole schooling system is built on this old ideology of creating workers. And why would they want to empower those workers to create their own business and move on and leave their company? Like, why would they do that? So we can get into this. This is something that I do a lot of talks on, but yeah, no, I, the, I the can't. systemic nature of it all is uh, it's infuriating when you get into it and you 100%, 100%. And the looks I always get in crowds when I go into this, it's like this moment of like, 
I kind of knew that, but like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it's right it's, there, but it's, no. it's right there. Yeah. And so those two systems I prescribed at the beginning, that's where you start. That's exactly where you start is understanding your flow of money and getting yourself an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Because when I started, I was putting in $25 a week into that emergency fund. Now, today, I have about a year's worth of expenses saved up, right? And so when you really think about that, there's a level of freedom that's there. I can leave a job if it's, if it's toxic and I don't want to stay there. I can leave a client if you have choice. I have choice. Exactly. TJ. Yeah. I love it. And it's so important because so many people don't do that on a regular basis. And it can yeah. be, I mean, a shocker, a gut punch to actually yeah. pull out the books, categorize things and see, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm spending how much on subscriptions? I'm spending how much on McDonald's and fast food. I'm spending how much shopping every month. It's like, no wonder I'm in debt. But when you have that information, wow, now you have a foundation to say, okay, this stuff actually does bring me joy. These things are important. These things are just required. I got to pay them. But there's this huge chunk of money that I'm just wasting and it's not bringing me utility. So let's cut that. And that can help you to get out of debt and, and get unstuck. And that's actually where I'd, I'd like to go back to that because yeah. despite your many accomplishments, you've, you've had these moments of feeling stuck, whether it was yeah. financially in a job and these feelings are, are rampant everywhere, you know, for people in their yeah. careers, people feeling stuck, burdened by debt. I'm curious if you have any advice to give to entrepreneurs specifically who might feel stuck even within their company that they're building. Oh, Loaded question, because there's so many different environments. But if we really take this up a notch, the number one thing is being really clear on your why. Like, why are you doing this? Like, what is your goal? And as an entrepreneur, I can tell you that's always changing. And that's lesson number one is always leave room to redefine what success looks like for you within your own company. You have to have that flexibility. For example, there might be a CEO out there that's like, I want to reach $100 million in revenue in the second year. Okay, great. There might be an entrepreneur out there that says, I want to have a user base of 100,000 people. That is a very, that's a, that's a that's a starting point, right? You're looking at KPIs, you're looking at hard metrics, you're thinking about maybe investors, you're thinking about your bottom line. What's often forgot about are the sacrifices that you're going to have to make to get there, right? Less time with your family less mm-hmm. time in the gym to take care of your health. Maybe your diet's taken a backseat at this point. Maybe your environment is messed up, it's unorganized, it's chaotic. So just as much as you think about your business, you have to operationalize and systemize your life. And that should be the first thing you do because everything else doesn't matter. I c- currently today advise CEOs that are in the 100 million bucket. I advise CEOs that are have made within their lifetime and balance billions of dollars. And the biggest thing that I see with those entrepreneurs is that they really prioritize their own life. I was just in Marta's camp with one of them. And when you really think about that, his day really was around an hour or two working and the rest of it was taking care of himself. That of course is the end state. And I do want to recognize that a lot of entrepreneurs listening are like, okay, well, Khalil, I'm, I'm not at that level and maybe I'm not aiming for that. But at the end of the day, the point remains the same in that you're, you need to be running your business. Your business shouldn't be running you. And that would be probably my number one piece of advice where I see at the beginning, middle, and at the advanced stages is you have to do that prioritization to begin with. Yeah. And it's sound advice because if you want to design 
your business around the lifestyle, the life that you want to live, the freedom that you want to have. Yeah, it's important to know what it's going to take to get there, what that KPI looks like, what that revenue goal looks like. But it's more important, especially in the beginning, to dig into what you don't want. What are the yeah. things that what are the yeah. things that you do not want to have happen? You do not want to change. If you don't want to to be working till 10 p.m. every night, you want to have time to be with your family, you want to have time to go to the gym, you need to set that stuff and put pen to paper in the beginning as you're designing your business so that you can create structure, you can create systems, you can create rules to create that freedom and that pathway to still get to where you want to go, but not lose your identity, your health, yeah. your happiness in the process. So, and I and I want to just add to I think like a second point, which is really important, and it's going to fall on deaf ears for many because we're mm -hmm. so hyper ambitious, we're not going to be able to hear it. But I want you to repeat and always remind yourself that you're proven. The journey of entrepreneurship is not to prove yourself, is not to validate your worth, is not to, right, really define who you are. This is just a game. And I really say that with confidence, like as, as serious as money is, as serious as business is, it all is really a big game. And the sooner you understand that, it's not to make you take it less seriously. I guess it is a little bit, but Makes it's it really fun. to, yeah, to normalize the experience. I think and what I've seen is just, just an enormous amount of pressure that's put and it, it comes from a multitude of different areas. But regardless, like you as the individual have to feel really confident in your abilities within and outside of your business to really remind yourself that you're proven, you're worth it. If you hit that goal, if you don't hit that goal, like you're still a great human being. It says nothing about you. And I know my hyper ambitious people have already turned this off, but I know that that is such an important thing. And I've seen it even with the most successful people. I'll tell you an example. I went through a really successful launch with an entrepreneur. And at the end of it, it was like, like, like I hit the goal. I did my thing, but there was just this level of conflict still within that person. They're like, oh, I still just feel this like nagging thing that I thought this goal would solve. And it goes back to what I said in my first point. It's like, you really have to put yourself first and define your why and your impact before you get started. Cause you can exhaust yeah. all this energy for nothing. Yeah. It's meaningless at the end. If you don't have that, why coming yeah. into it? Yeah. So I, as I was research, researching for this, I kept coming across this importance of starting with just two minutes. And I'd mm. love to dig into that because so yeah. many people, so many entrepreneurs are, are out there striving for more freedom. They, they want more alignment. They're chasing things down. So how can they begin with that solid foundation? And why is it so critical to start with just two minutes? And what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I take you back to my to me on my couch in the pandemic. The biggest thing that was holding me back was I was writing these lengthy ledgers of like what I need to do in order to start this thing. And really all I needed to do was get started with what I had, with what I knew in the moment. That was good enough. And that is how you get to what you just talked about. Now, those things are going to take you longer than two minutes. We know that. But the goal is to lower the barrier. So if I do get started for two minutes, say, for example, I want to outline a course today or say, for example, I want to look at my finances today. If I just say I'm going to spend two minutes on this, what actually ends up happening is you're kind of it's a psychology hack. You'll probably end up spending 30 minutes to an hour and actually finishing it. Yeah. But when you're sitting there wallowing in fear and whatever mm -hmm. is there preventing you from doing it, 
you're writing your imaginations oftentimes more scary than reality. Yeah. You're writing what you think this thing's going to be. I'll tell you when I first got into budgeting and finances, I was like, I'm going to be sitting there for hours, crunching numbers, being at the end of the day, it was like, I had to open up a couple applications. I had to put over a couple numbers, the spreadsheet did the rest. And then I outputted a number and I was like, Oh, okay. I'm actually losing money working at this place. I can get to figure this out. Mm -hmm. So like, that is the whole reason I do the just get started for two minutes. Also, it's my slight nod to my ADHD years out there. Okay. That that barrier seems so big in our head, but so if we just get started. We get the focus, we get the tunnel vision, and we'll actually do a lot more than than we initially set out to. Man, I love that because it is. It's so true. Whether it's starting a business, whether it's starting a, a project, digging into your finances, it's a, just the thought of getting started is often yeah. what overwhelms people into inaction. But Absolutely. if you give yourself that constraint, like I'm just going to do it for two minutes. Like you said, you're going to, you're yeah. going to crank it out and it's going to flow by and you're going to walk away feeling a lot better at the end. Of I can't all. tell you how many times I use that on a Sunday because they know I have to put yeah. out my podcast on a Sunday. I have to do a lot of things on Sundays. It's like my productivity day. And nice. it's always like, whenever I'm sitting there, like, ah, oh, I just want to watch football. I want to do it. And it's like two minutes, two minutes. Just do it. Just and I end it. up showing up every time. Yeah. Knock it out. <laughs> all right, Khalil. So this is a podcast about entrepreneurship, but one of the biggest hurdles that that we all face, most successful entrepreneurs are going to face at one time or another is living a well-rounded life and doing the things that bring us joy with the people that we care about most. So I always like to ask, like, what does that look like for you? What is living that that blended life between living in the chaos yeah. with multiple businesses, lots of fires going on all the time, yeah. I'm sure, but still making time and a priority for what matters most to you? You know, there's a great question. And I think one that warrants a lot more time and uh, us being really mindful and aware of, I think starting off again, I'm really grateful for having a team that allows me to basically pop in and out as I need. Um, you know, I'm in most days I'm in, you know, I'm in the trenches with everyone else, but it's nice to be able to have a team that allows flexibility to hop out if I need to go to a doctor's appointment or if I need to tend to a family matter. So that's kind of like layer one as being able to have that flexibility. That's something I didn't really have in the past. And while it's not like a something that, you know, again, as a concrete, like happiness ROI, it just really helps having that flexibility to start off with. I think just again, for balance and just understanding, you know, I'm married, you know, I'm, I'm looking to have kids and really thinking forward again, it's how does my schedule kind of form to my life and how does my business form to my life? Not the other way around. Um, so I think that's, that's super important, but balance for me uh, takes a multitude of different uh, effects. It's one, I think one of the things it's Friday today, I like to take half days, if not take Fridays off, just try to love to kind of balance myself out. Even if it's a catch up day, it's nice to not have a day full of meetings. Uh, so that's, that's a way I take care of myself. I love traveling. I mentioned, I think uh, in the preamble, I just recently went to Mars camp and was hanging out with my family for four days. So it's nice to be able to just unplug uh, when I need. So between unplugging, between, you know, really making sure that my day uh, is flexible, but also structured is important and having a team to support is some of the ways that I like to take care of myself. And then again, remembering that life's so much bigger than just business and entrepreneurship, doing things that make me happy, even if that's watching a movie or watching my favorite Netflix show or going for a walk, working out, things like that. That's also how I find balance. I love it, man. And I can definitely tell that that you're living that to to the yeah. fullest and the truest Absolutely. form. And it really does fit into to what we were talking about before, like designing your business around the life that you want to yeah. live. Your your term here was like forming the business to to that lifestyle. You know, you have some big changes coming up. You know, you want to have yeah. kids. You're going to need to change yeah. things up probably to be able to show up and, and be present in that season that you're going to be in. So I love that you're already Absolutely. thinking about it. 
And especially having the right people around makes it so much easier. So learning how to how to delegate and, and bring in that dream team so that you really can focus and get the most out of the time that you have. And then also do the fun things on Fridays and, and have a little bit of more flexibility and freedom in your life. So as we close things out here, I, I queued this up before we started, but I have a choose your own adventure question for you. So Love it. you can pick which one you'd like to answer or, or both if you so desire. But what's a favorite place that you've traveled to, a place that you visited in your life? Could be recent, could be way back. Or number two, just what's a, a recent adventure that you went on? Maybe something you did in your own backyard or, or a, you know, a local trip with your wife. In either case, what was it like? You know, maybe a favorite meal or drink you had, a lesson learned. Give us a story. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I turned 30 uh, in November, which is kind of wild to think about. Uh, so a couple yeah, months ago, I had never been to New York. Um, and it's one of those wow. places that I'd always wanted to go. You know, we all have those dream destinations. Like, I'd love to get there one day. But like the prioritization or just like never happened. And so I actually ended up taking a solo trip to New York. Um, my, my wife wasn't able to go. And she's like, you should still go, though. Like, go, go live your life. And it was really great because some of my team members live out there. Some of my business partners live out there. And it was just such a great trip. New York was everything I imagined and more. Um it also made me really grateful that I live in Beaverton, Oregon. Oh, for uh, sure. <laughs> Great to visit, but man, I would never like, want to live there. <laughs> God, but the energy and the networking, and it was just kind of wild to see so many people packed into one spot. Yeah. Um, but also just the pace was so fast. And I'm from the Bay Area. I'm no stranger to pace, but like pace at a different level. So it was really nice to just get kind of thrown in and I got to eat a lot of great food. I met a lot of great people. I walked a ton, which was just different. I live in the suburbs. So walking looks like walking around my neighborhood, not walking down, you know, making a right turn and all of a sudden in Times Square. So yeah. it was really, really a fun trip. Um, something that I actually have made a precedent to precedent to do, which is pick a trip and travel by myself at least once a year. Um, I think it's really important. My wife does the same, whether it's a girl's trip, whether it's a trip for herself. And so um, I always encourage not only entrepreneurs, but really anyone to kind of take that solo trip because you learn a lot when you travel by yourself. Like, oh, you yeah. Don't the have experience the is totally else. different. Yeah, totally absolutely. Different. Have you been yeah. to New York? So I, I did. I've been a few times growing up, but the the best memory, and I'm pretty sure the most recent was still way back, but I went to a Yankees game with my dad at the old Yankee stadium, like the last oh, year that it was, yeah, they were still using it. So got to go, you know, explore the Bronx and got some pizza late night after the game with my old man. It was such a fun trip. And, you know, to your point, just, we, we walked around a lot and, and every corner, you know, it's, it's a different world and it was cool just to be able to, to explore and especially experience that with my dad. So some good memories there for sure. We love making core memories. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm glad you have that. And I think that is a good rule to be traveling solo. If it's if it's something you can do every year, it really just does open you up to, to whole new experiences because you don't have that same routine, that same kind of crutch, if you will, especially if you're used yeah. to traveling with a significant other. There's nothing wrong with that. You're gonna you're gonna have an amazing time. But when that element is gone you're opening yourself up to the new and that's going to help open your mind to, to new experiences. And of course you're going to stumble into some things that you never would otherwise. So I love you that. Made it a, 
And you made an important point, and I want to clarify too, because I think when we think about travel, we think about like I just mentioned going to New York. Traveling yeah. can literally be going to a new cafe in your city. So I just want yeah. to orient people too, like that counts. All of that counts. Like so, even if it's just something small, changing up your routine, changing up your environment, and going on your own, it's it's super important. Yeah, I love that. My wife and I make a point to kind of experience our our town or places that we've spent a lot of time in as if we're a tourist. Like go do go okay. do something that we've never done before. Like the really touristy thing that as a local, you're like, oh, I'm not going to do that. But then you go do it. And it's actually a really, really cool experience. So I, I love that rule too. try to try to travel in your own backyard and, and create some some newness to what is actually, you know, pretty, pretty normal for you. So couldn't agree more. All right, man. If our listeners could take away just one piece of advice or or an action step from this conversation, what would you want it to be? Whatever that nagging task is, whatever that goal that you don't feel like you can start yet, I want to challenge you going back to what we were talking about today. Just get started for two minutes, lower the barrier to entry, really mitigate your expectation and just start with what you know right now. Um, that has been such a freeing thing that I've gotten so much feedback on. They're like, I heard this tip, but I actually tried it and I've been mm. enacting it. So I know it works. Uh, I've had hundreds of people at this point. Uh, let me know it works. So give that a try and uh, let TJ and I know if it works for you. Yeah, please do. True freedom comes from simple action. So Absolutely. taking that that two minutes, it really is the first step, man. So great tip. Where can we find and support you online? Where can people connect with you? Website, socials, all that good stuff. Yeah, I'll definitely drop my start, start link uh, below, but you can visit yeah. me at unstuck.com and you can follow me on all socials at unstucked, two uh, Ks deep. Awesome. We're going to put links to everything in the show notes and Khalil, really grateful for your time, man. This has been an action packed episode. So many golden nuggets in there. So thanks again, man. Thanks for having me, TJ. To all of our adventurous listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share this on social media or with someone you know will get some value from it. Leaving a review goes a long way in helping people find the show. And I personally appreciate reading them when they come in. So please go drop one if you have the time. We'll see you all next week. And remember, whether we're talking about business or the things that bring us joy outside of work, life is meant for exploring. So go out there and live it one adventure at a time.